Lord, help us to walk this out day in and day out, Lord. And thank you for the gift that we have received, and I pray that we just have a heart and a compassion to make sure others know, Lord, and I pray that they see Jesus in us, that there are fruits from the way we walk this out, Lord. Thank you for designing this around relationship that we get to have with one another, and uh, just, yep, God, this is your time. I want to surrender it to you. Thank you for everything. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to be talking about some big-time stuff today. Uh, we've been walking through the Gospels and talking about Jesus and some different uh, aspects, and, and we're kind of we're coming to a, a really serious you know, point of Jesus' death on the cross. You know? And so we've been, we've been kind of uh, just telling different, different parts of who he was and how he was, and, because we really want to make sure, obviously, that we understand who Jesus is. Uh, because he is who everything revolves around. You know, all of the Old Testament history uh, leads up to Jesus, and then from him, out of it, flows all of the rest of, of life. Um, and so, uh, super, super important. And so there's, there's, uh, there's some just things I want to talk about today, some big questions that I think every person uh, has to answer. Every person. And whether you like it or not, whether you're sitting in here today or not, uh, you're going to answer it one way or the other. And one day, uh, there's going to be a forced response because <laughs> Jesus is going to show up and every knee will bow and every tongue will confess, every single one. All right, and there's going to be no denying who he is. So I want to talk about that today, who he is. We, you know, as Christians, we, we throw this, this word around Trinity, the Trinity that's not in the scriptures, by the way. I uh, don't ever want to lead you to believe that it is. It is not. Uh, but the absolute idea is, is all through Scripture. From Genesis to Revelation, uh, the Godhead, three in one, is, is in there. Uh, even from the beginning in Genesis, the word Elohim that, that is used there, that, that's what it translates, a plurality, okay? And so, look, this is above my spiritual pay grade, and I'm not going to try to explain the Trinity to you. <laughs> but Jesus is a part of the, of the Godhead, three in one. And He is God. Okay, we're going to talk about that today. Uh, he is God. He's not some nice teacher, and he's not some you know, philosopher. He's not this moral, like, he's God. He is God, okay? And it's a, it's a central tenet, honestly, uh, to Christianity. And it's the thing that separates us from everything else, by the way. Muslims, Islam, Judaism, Hinduism, Buddhism, none of them. None of them believe that Jesus was God. Uh, some of them give him a lot of respect, as a prophet, as a, this great moral teacher, you know, uh, they don't deny that he existed. Uh, there's historical evidence, enough of that, that, that that's not really an issue. You got the occasional person that tries to, to argue that, but that's not even an arguing point anymore. Like Jesus, Jesus was here. He walked. He's, it's, he's documented in, in, in other places besides just the Bible. And again, most of these other religions out there, uh, they, they, acknowledge that Jesus was here, and then, and then they try to dismiss him as, as other things. The Mormons, the Jehovah Witness, all, all of them, none of them believe that Jesus is God, okay? I don't care what they tell you. <laughs> if you need to go dig in, you'll find it. it they don't believe that, all right? And, and so, uh, so we have to, to kind of work through that, and you may think, well, you know, we do believe that. We're going to put that to the test this morning, because I love you enough to say you can talk the talk, but are we willing to walk the walk? 
Because isn't that really where the truth lies? You can say anything you want. All of us can do it. We're really good at it. We can say anything. But do we really look to Jesus as Lord? Okay? Do we really believe that He is God? And, and how is our life impacted by that truth? Romans 10, 9 says, Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. And there's a bunch of scriptures that say the same thing uh, that we could go into. And so um, we, want to, we want to ask these three questions. Did Jesus actually claim to be God? And the reason I want to throw that out there is because if you dig into this, there's a lot of scholarly, very eloquent uh, literature out there that claims he did not ever claim this. This is just something Christians have kind of made up and jumped to some conclusions on, you know. Uh, and again, there's a lot of other religious uh, directions out there that they, they like this lane, you know, that Jesus never actually claimed that. Uh, so we're going to answer that question, did Jesus actually claim to be God? And if he did claim it, well, is he? <laughs> you know, is he actually God? Um, and again, I know you're sitting there and a lot of us have made a decision to follow Jesus with our life and, and we would immediately jump to the answer, well, yes, I, I believe he is God. And then the last question is, then what does that mean for you and I, like, what does that mean for me? You know, that He is God, that He is He's Lord. And so let's let's dig let's dig into this. And you know, as I've shared, uh, there's there's a lot of um, scholarly literature out there that says that Jesus never uh, claimed this, and and so they they try to break words down and, and they try to frame it in a way that they hey Jesus never said he never came out and said that that he was this. But we know we've been studying Jesus. We know that he taught with authority, right? He was absolutely recognized as that, man, like to the point that people celebrated when he teach, taught and they got really mad when he taught too. You know, he, he came in and there was just something different um, about the way that he taught and he did miracles. And we spent an entire sermon talking about miracles and these signs and the things that Jesus did. And we talked about what miracles are even for, right? And we look back at some of the big ones in the Old Testament, they were to validate the messenger and the message, you know, and Jesus did most of the miracles in the Bible. Uh, so, you know, just, again, affirming uh, who he was, things only God could do. And then he went on to, like, even kind of pick at and challenge some of the rules that the, the, um, the religious elite had made up, right? He really uh, honed in on, like, the Sabbath rules and stuff that they would, you know, they'd, they'd make up and, like, try to get the Jewish people to obey. So Jesus would, Jesus would break those rules, or he would challenge them, and then he'd ask them those questions, you know, like, hey, like, and then he'd come back to like, I am the Sabbath. You know, I, I am, uh, I'm, I'm God, really, is, is, is where he lands. And so uh, where does Jesus claim that? All right. Uh, we got this, this language in the, in the New Testament, God, uh, God's my father and the son of God language. And we had those in the prophecies, right, way back when. And so, again, our cultures are so different. And I'm, I'm not like making things up here. Like we don't look at some language the same as they looked at some language and, and, and the ownership of that, the son of God thing, you know, back, back in those cultures, especially the Jewish culture, the firstborn, big time significance, right, to the firstborn. We see that in the Old Testament. And so this is God's only son. So, you know, he's, he's in that spot. And so, uh, again, in the Jewish culture, that, that lended itself to being representative of the father of that family. All right. And, and that he, like they're one and the same, you know, the, the oldest spoke. It was like the father was speaking. Right. And we, we see that 
uh, played out in Jesus's life uh, in, in, in doing this. And when, and when that gets said, um, you know, one of the things I, I noticed in my study, like uh, there's son of God gets used in some different places for some different people groups and stuff. But when Jesus says it, uh, it's this thing called a definite article. Like he was not leaving anything up to speculation in those moments. They knew exactly what he was saying and what was being said about him every time. And, and it's the same usage every single time uh, when talking about Jesus. And Jesus kind of even marveled when they, when they didn't get it even. John 14, uh, verses 8 through 10, Philip says to him, he says, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. And Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and you still do not know me? Philip, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The, the words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his work. Hear the tone. I mean, the Jews, the Jews got it, right? And so he's like, hey, I'm right. I'm right here. Uh, John 5, 16, 17, and 18 says, and this, why the, this is why the Jews were persecuting Jesus, because he was doing these things on the Sabbath, right? And they'd, God said to keep the Sabbath holy, and, and, and then the, the Pharisees and the scribes and Sadducees, they had added some, some things to that, and they were trying to enforce it on the Jewish people. And, but Jesus answered them, My Father is working until now, and I am working. Um, this, is why, this was why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him. Because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. Okay? So again, I know, you know, 2,000 years later, people try to rip the scriptures apart and say that Jesus, no, Jesus never claimed this. Man, the Jewish people knew exactly what he was claiming, and they hung him on a cross for it later. Okay? It cost him his life. They knew exactly the language he was using, what he was implying here, and he never denied. All right? So, uh, so it wasn't only breaking the Sabbath, but he was calling in their eyes, but he was calling God his Father, claiming, claiming uh, to be equal. And so uh, we know that Jesus had authority over the demons, right? He, he would speak to the demons, and they'd be in fear, and he'd cast I mean, he had the authority over them. Um, the ownership of the angels and, and God's kingdom, Matthew 13, 41. It says, the Son of Man will send His angels, and they will gather out of His kingdom all causes of sin and all lawbreakers. He had indivisibility with God the Father. To know Jesus was to know God. Okay? To know Jesus was to know God. John 8, 19 says, they said to Him, therefore, where's your Father? Jesus answered, you know neither me nor my Father. If you knew me, you would know the Father. John 14, 7, if you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. So to know Jesus was to know God. To see Jesus was to see God. John 12, 45, and whoever sees me sees him who sent me. John 14, 9, Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long that you still don't know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? To believe in him was to believe in God. John 12, 44, and Jesus cried out and said, Whoever believes in me believes not in me, but in him who sent me. John 14, 1, I am the way and the truth and the life. 
Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. To receive him was to receive God. Mark 9, 37. Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me, and whoever receives me receives not me, but him who sent me. To hate him was to hate God. John 15, 23. Whoever hates me hates my father also. To honor him was to honor God. John 5, 23. That all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. So we got this, it, it, like, hey, you see Jesus, you see God. You hear from Jesus, you heard from God. You know Jesus, you know God. Like, it's all throughout the Gospels. And then we got these I am statements that Jesus makes that we're going to talk about. We read some of them in, in Sunday school uh, this morning. And, 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 and so God uses this, this phrase when he uh, meets Moses at the burning bush, okay? If you're not familiar with that story, uh, Moses... Uh, has this crazy life, and he gets, he's in Egypt, and he ends up uh, going out and shepherding some flocks as God's preparing him to, to deliver his people out of the hands of Egypt. And so Moses is out in a pasture one day, and he sees this bush on fire, but it's not being consumed by the fire, and he's like, what in the world? And he did what we'd all do, and we go like check it out, and then he hears the voice of God, and God says, I am that I am. And he's introducing himself to Moses, and he ends up through Moses introducing himself to the whole world uh, by what happens in Egypt. It's pretty interesting. Again, we covered that, um, so I won't spend a lot of time there. But uh, these I am statements, because Jesus, again, he knows what he's saying when he says these. They know what he's saying when he says these, okay? So we're going to go through these I am statements. Um, this, this translation of, uh, you know, again, we spend a lot of time on the word Yahweh and what it means, and, and that was their word for God. And, and again, Jesus is is doing that same thing. He's, he's referencing that as he goes through here. And so, so here's seven of, of these uh, I am statements that are unavoidable and unmistaken that Jesus is making the claim uh, to be God. John 6, 35, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. John 8, 12, again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. John 10, uh, verse 7 and 9. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. Then in verse 9, I am the door. If anyone enters me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. John 10, uh, verse 11 and 14. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. I am, verse 14, the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. John eleven twenty five. 25, Jesus said, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, shall he live, yet shall he live. John 14, 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John 15, 1 and 5, verse 1, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches, whoever abides in me, and I in him. He it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And all these statements, all these I am statements are almost exclusively associated and connected to, to miracles from Jesus and, and, and his disclosure, his discourses. That he, so a sermon or a message or a story or something, again, where these things are all tied together to validate the messenger and the message. Okay, They knew what he was saying. <laughs> we can try to tear it apart in whatever century we're in right now, uh, and, and break down, like, they knew what he was saying. 
They knew what he was claiming to be. And again, it ends up costing him his very life. He is the bread of life. You know, and he, right, he feeds the people. We talked about that miracle. And, and, and so they, they got their happy meal, right? And, and they're like, woo, this is great. And they keep coming back to Jesus because who doesn't like a good meal and it's free and he's just like making meals multiply, right? And uh, so pretty, pretty amazing. And then he, you know, he, go, he takes it to that next step. He's like, if you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood. Is he talking about cannibalism? Come on, Jesus, hello. He knew they wouldn't understand because they didn't want to understand. They wanted a free meal, right? And they walked away. They didn't want a Lord. They wanted miracles. They wanted cool signs. They didn't want to surrender. They didn't want lordship. John 8, 51 through 59 says, Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my words, he will never see death. The Jews said to him, Now we know that you have a demon. Abraham died, as did the prophets. Yet you say, If anyone keeps my word, he will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham who died and the prophets and the prophets died? Who do you make yourself out to be? And Jesus answered, If I glorify myself, my glory is for nothing. It is my father who glorifies me, of whom you say he is our God. But you have not known him. I know him. If I were to say that I do not know him, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him and I keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. And he saw it and was glad. And so the Jews said to him, you're, you're not even 50 years old. Have you seen Abraham? <laughs> and Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you before Abraham was, I am. Woo! And you see what they did. They picked up the stones. They were going to end it right there. And I don't know what happened next, man. <laughs> I imagine Jesus was pretty good at hide-and-seek. Um, but somehow, Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. They knew exactly what he was proclaiming. There was no mistake for them. And they were going to kill him for it right there. And that's not the only attempt. That's one of the things I love about the, the crucifixion stories because Jesus didn't die until he gave himself up. They didn't. They couldn't do it. They tried a lot actually. Um, and in this story, he just claimed to be God, eternal, before Abraham, I am. Then there's these unequivocal, unequivocal I'm going to always stumble over that word, unequivocal, yep, that one, uh, statements that he made. John 10, uh, 30 through 33, it says, I and the Father are one. The Jews picked up stones again to stone him, and Jesus answered them, I have shown, I have shown you many good works from the Father, for which of them are you going to stone me? <laughs> the Jews answered him, It's not for the good work that we are going to stone you, but for blasphemy, because you, being a man, make yourself God. Whew. They keep trying. Trying to, 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 <laughs> to take him out of the equation, you know, uh, for trying to... For in their eyes that he was trying to make himself God or, you know, be equal with God. And this is why I struggle with the good old scholars who want to take portions of the scripture and say that Jesus never made this claim. That is absolutely not true. 
He absolutely made this claim. And they can try all they want. And he never denied it when others made the claim about him, okay? So he didn't deny it. We got the triumphal entry, right? He's, everybody's celebrating and, and, and doing all this stuff. And, and uh, they're like, you need to tell them to be quiet, right? He's like, no. They're getting it right. And if they don't, the rocks will cry out, right? Mark 14, 61 through 64, it says, But he remained silent and made no answer. Again, the high priest asked him, Are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? And, and here's an interesting, like, again, not using the word uh, Yahweh, uh, just out of, out of respect. And, and so they, they're using this phrase here. And Jesus said to you, And Jesus said, I am. And you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. And the high priest tore his garments, again, because he knows what Jesus is saying. What further witness do we need? You have heard his blasphemy. What is your decision? And they all condemned him as deserving death. They wanted to kill him because of his claim to be God. All right? There is no, there's no denying that. Um, and again, this is what sets us apart. This is... This is what sets it all apart. Uh, Matthew 27, 51 through, through 54, it says, And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two. From top to bottom, the earth shook and the rocks were split. The tombs also were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. When the centurion and those who were with him, keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake, earthquake and what took place, they were filled with awe and said, Truly this was the Son of God. So Jesus, I believe with all my heart, and the evidence is all throughout Scripture, absolutely claimed it. Absolutely. So was He? You know? Was He God? And, and uh, again, maybe you've already like wrestled through that and you've answered that question for yourself. Uh, there, uh, C.S. Lewis has this little quote, and, and uh, I, I'm not... Uh, he was a former atheist, and, and he just wrote this, and he's just a man. And, uh, but I, it's, it's a, it at least is an interesting perspective uh, to kind of think about. Um, and, uh, and, I, and I read some stuff where someone just, you know, tried to whatever. Uh, I just, this is kind of an interesting thought. Uh, he wrote this. He said, I'm trying here to prevent anyone saying the really foolish thing that people often say about him, that is Christ. I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I do not accept his claim to be God. That is the one thing we must not say. A man who was merely a man said, said and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would be either a lunatic because of the claims he was making, right? He's claiming to be God, so he'd be crazy. A lunatic on a level with a man who says he is a poached egg, or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the Son of God or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him and kill him as a demon. Or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come up with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. And he did not intend to. So, what about you? You know, as we, as we examine Jesus, and, and again, I, I, it's, it's funny to me that, that he's written about in other uh, religious books, and, and they describe him as this great moral teacher, and, 
sometimes or this prophet or, or these kinds of things. And it's like, uh, Jesus didn't leave that open. He didn't because he claimed it. <laughs> he claimed who he was and they hated him for it and tried uh, to kill him. And even today, you know, I mean, he's, he's kind of even thought of sometimes as a legend, you know, like, oh, his, his band of rebels, his disciples, they, they made this outlandish story, like William Wallace, you know, or something, right? This, this, uh, this legend that ran around. And, and I, man, I would, oh, come on. Eleven of his ten, because we're, you know, what happened to Judas, and eleven of his ten disciples were martyred, like violent, horrible deaths, claiming this to their last breath. Would you do that for a lie? No way. No way. I don't believe that for one second. And even John, I mean, he was in captivity when he died, right? He wasn't free. None of them ever denied it, ever. And they, they were all ultimately killed for it. And they didn't take a bunch of people with them, right? I know we got, we got religious uh, zealots out here who will fly planes into buildings in the name of whoever, right? Or do whatever they're going to do, and they take people with them. These guys didn't do that. They just wouldn't deny Jesus. And Jesus wouldn't deny himself, and they all paid the price. They all paid the price. He is Lord. He claimed it. People have died, I mean, living it and believing it. I believe he was right. So what does that mean for, for you, for me? What does it mean? If you agree, then it means something because he's not just a savior. I know that's the, the fun part, right? We've, we've fallen and we're sinners and, and we love to talk about grace. And man, what a gift. I love to talk about grace, man. I love to see people uh, repent and confess and, and like get back to where you were supposed to be. But we love to check out on the next part that is never separated in Scripture. Conversion and, and discipleship, and what I'm saying by that is followers of Jesus, his disciples, it's never separated in Scripture. It's always just, hey, yep, when you, when you, when you surrender and accept Jesus, you're making him Lord of your life. That's the language. Those are the scriptures we read. Yet we all, I think at some point, in some way, we run around here treating it very optional. And I just want to challenge you today. I love you, brothers and sisters, to repent. If there's areas in your life, and I know we all have things to work on, all of us, we all have areas that maybe we haven't surrendered in. Maybe, maybe Jesus isn't Lord of this area in my life. Luke 6, 46 says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? It's just that simple. And we run around here and we live our purposes and our dreams and we do what we want to do because I got my ticket punched and I'm going to walk on Golden Streets one day. I love you and I'll never tell you you're not saved and whatever salvation thing. Like, but I'm, man, we talked about the vision of God. Woohoo! I would not want to stand there one day. I would not. And having lived in disobedience and not done what Jesus said to do. I would not want to do that. And I love you enough to just flat out tell you. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. Like God's God. He gets to decide all the stuff. 
But there's these scriptures. We cannot deny them. They're in here. And they ask these big questions of us. Why are you calling me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Matthew 7, 21 through, 20, uh, through 23 says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. How can we claim, his, claim him as Lord and live in disobedience? We can know the historical facts about Jesus and never know him, right? I, I allude a lot to the, the verse that says the demons know that Jesus is real. He had authority over him, and they shudder, right? Philippians 2, 9-11 says, Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed him on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Mm. To the glory of God the Father. Do you want that now? Or are you going to be forced to bend a knee later? We've spent a lot of time this year talking about uh, who God is and what he's really after. And, and man, this is, this is it. Jesus being, having lordship in your life. You surrendering to his purposes beyond your, like, and, and dying to yours is what we were designed to do because that is what is going to, to bring glory uh, to our Father. I'm supposed to be living for Him, not myself anymore. It's His. It wasn't our fall festival last week. It was His. This isn't our church. It's His. And we can just keep running with this thought. It's not your money. It's His. The material things you possess aren't yours. They're His. What you do for a living isn't yours, it's His. What you do with your time isn't yours, it's His. I know none of us get that right and it's all the time, and it's easy to check out on that because, oh, I'm not perfect, I'm only human. Yeah, but you're a human with the Holy Spirit supposedly living inside of you. You're not by yourself. You've been empowered by God. We're not alone and we're not merely human. We're supposed to be living sacrifices. What are you sacrificing to make Him Lord in your life? What are you laying down for Him? He absolutely wants to be our master, our leader. He rules me. I love when Paul says, it's, it's Christ's love that controls me. That controls me. What I do, I do for Him. So some things that aren't really optional. The way we love isn't really optional. There's a whole lot about love and how we're supposed to treat our brothers and sisters. Not really optional. I know I'm not everybody's cup of tea, but you got to love me anyway because the Bible says so. <laughs> right? You got to figure that out. I'm annoying probably. I get underneath your skin sometimes. And you got to figure out how to love me because that's what Jesus said for you to do. That's what it says. So I don't get to choose the way I love anymore. I have, to, I have to love the way he says to, and I have to want to grow in that. I have to choose the things he would choose for my life. I have to handle conflict 
the way he would handle conflict. I have to vote the way he would vote. Easy, Jeff. I'll be bringing politics into this. I surrender all. I surrender all. All. I have to speak the way he would speak. The love of Christ controls us, or it should. Family, I, I, I long for the day when we're all there and we're, every knee is bowed and every tongue is confessing and we're worshiping and it's, it's just uh, uh, incredible. Long for it. But we're not home yet and we got a work to do without question and we can keep making excuses and we can keep hanging our hats on the moral code of life and, and you're really not this bad per- person and maybe you're not, but are you actually surrendered? Is Jesus actually the Lord of your life? And no one in here has all that together, okay? So don't, don't think for one second, like, oh, yep, you know, whatever, whoever. Nobody. We're all a work in progress. But that's the thing. Are you a work in progress? Or have you checked out? And you're just living life under this umbrella of, I made a decision 25 years ago, and I don't break the speed limit when I drive to Carrollton. Right? I obey the laws. And we miss out completely on the relationship that we are absolutely supposed to have. Are you going to actually do this his way? I don't know. I know I've tried to do my way and it works out great. That's been my, that's been my like, testimony sometimes with people when they're telling me their life is, is, is here. And I'm like, okay, you tried it your way. Are we going to actually try this God's? You know? Do we want to make an impact on, on the subdivisions that are around us as a church? Well, have we done this God's way? You know, are we reaching out to our community? Are we loving them? Are, are people seeing how we love each other in some radical way that Jesus calls us to? Is He our Lord? That's, that's just it today. That's the question I want you to ask yourself. You know, I don't know. You know. And maybe He is over here. Maybe there's just some area you need to work on and I just want to encourage you uh, to, to make that a prayer thing and, and, and talk to somebody in your life that you love and trust, and, and maybe they can be praying with you. There's some area you're just still clinging to, tight-fisted, and God's like, just, I got it, let go. I got it, let go. We're going to stand and sing our, our closing song. Um,